Ask the Files After Dark. <laughs> it, it's still the same kids' books, but <laughs> it's after work or it's 11 at night. So you should get your. I should get a drink. We can drink during this half. We actually should do a drunk Ask the Files. <laughs> <laughs> you can pick the book that it's funny for it to happen on. Okay. Well, the funniest one would be for 14, because it's just, fu- it's so ridiculous. Um, but I think we're, we're recording with Brian at the usual time for that one, so. So that's a little early in the day for you it's, two to start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Conversely, you stay up all night doing a raid. Because <laughs> if you haven't slept, it's not morning drinking. <laughs> I I think that's how that works. Yeah. Just just get to myself some Baileys. Mm-hmm. Be fine. <laughs> just Irish up that morning coffee. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good lord. Good life choices. <laughs> okay. Alright. Uh, so we left off with Cassie and Rachel flying as seagulls closer towards the boat that Jeremy Jason McCall is on, um, leaving the boys behind uh, so that they can get closer. And they geek out a little bit, and it's really cute. Um, But what's less cute is what they overhear Jeremy Jason McCall talking about. Uh, Yeah, he is an asshat, it turns out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and what Rachel and Cassie over here is, uh, JJ, um, talking about how he really wants a career change Mm -hmm. or more precisely, he's being told that the winds of change are are coming through Mm -hmm. and that, um, surely Jeremy wants to be on the winning side because his career, his TV career is over. Right. Presumably because he's aging out. Mm-hmm. Of it, um, but he also like is sick of teenage girls being fans, and what the obligation of being a teen heartthrob is, and how he doesn't want to be that all the time, right? Which is valid, but also he says it in like the, the grossest way. way. Yeah. Also, like this is a possibly a pact with parasitic fascist. Aliens. Yeah. Which seems like a lot to just ensure that you get taken seriously as an actor. <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of uh, parasitic, fascistic, that's not a word, but it felt like it should be uh, aliens. Uh, Visa 3 is here. Because of course he He's is. He's always here. <laughs> um, in his human guise. Um, Playing the uh, corporate bigwig, and this is kind of uh, impressive because, really, in the manner of Super as always, Vista Three knows exactly how to sell to JJ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he he's not the producer that was spotted. He but he is here, right? Um, and clearly has the producer like under his thumb. Um, and yeah. Mr. Three just said, like, I can give you everything you want, but you have to agree to my terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and JJ's just like, 
Uh, so I let you do this procedure, which if they've told him it's a procedure and didn't tell him any of the details and he's still like, yeah, sure. As long as I get to become a movie star, then like this kid is a dumbass. Mm, yeah, <laughs> he's got he's got in the, he's proud. He's got an ego and he doesn't care. And Vista 3 can see that. Like he describes that you're an ambitious, you want so much more than you will ever get without my help. And I'm just like, see, Vista 3 is the worst, but I do like seeing him be a bad person with other bad people because mm -hmm. then I get to enjoy it and not feel <laughs> bad about it. Yeah. Uh, Cassie uh, says to Rachel, you know, JJ can't possibly know what Visser 3 is offering here. They must have tricked him. Um, and uh, Rachel's like, yeah, but he also wouldn't be falling for whatever this is if he wasn't a creep. Um, mm -hmm. And I appreciate that Rachel's like, ugh, we're going to have to save him, but now I kind of don't know if I want to. Yeah. Um, and she's having that regret. I think that we've all had when we've had crushes or had thought highly of somebody and then they turn out to not be yeah. the person we thought they were. Yeah. I mean, given the sort of stuff that have been rightly brought to light in the past few years in the media, like mm -hmm. even as an adult, like seeing just like, oh, wow, you are awful. Well, um, fuck. And you feel so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where like I keep crossing my fingers that like people that I really truly do like there are people that like I kind of like and I'm like oh yeah you know they seem cool and then they turn out to mm -hmm. be not cool but then there are people who like I really truly like and I'm like oh god please not you <laughs> not you yeah it's like when you see a name tr trending on Twitter just like oh god please don't be scandal or dead please don't be scandal and it's just because I did yeah. something I'm just like Whew. yeah okay. Wicked. Um, but it's it's interesting because I suppose also as well as underscoring like that feeling of being as because as a teenager I remember feeling like I was stupid a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, it's also like oh cool one of the few things in my life that was not to do with this fucking war. Yeah, and here is somebody I admired signing up. Yeah, like we've seen before in the books that the way and even at the beginning of this book, um. How how the animals talk about voluntary controllers, mm -hmm. like the people who opt in, mm -hmm. and it's like, yeah, it just bleeds into every facet of your life. Yeah, and so I appreciate the um, <laughs> we get the let's get back with Jake and Marco. Man, they're so going to rag on us over this. Yeah, um, it's. The war isn't just taking big important things from them. It's also taking like the dumb teenage things that they should get to experience. Mm. And the thing is, that's in a way, I don't want to say in a way worse. That's not quite what I mean. But I think mm -hmm. you don't think about the small things. Yeah. That you lose. Yeah. When this sort of thing happens, when you get involved in big situations, you think about, oh, well, big yeah. things are going to change. You understand like the right. big stakes, but you don't think about, the tiny little insignificant details. I remember reading a book a while ago, and I don't, I don't remember what it was or who it was about. Um, but the the particular chapter, or whatever I was reading, was about grief, where like this woman had lost her husband, um, and like she was dealing with it. I mean, 
in the way that any in so much as anybody deals with intense grief but it didn't really strike home until she needed to reach a bowl that was on like the top mm. shelf and it's just like those little tiny things that you're like even even that yeah i can't even get a bowl anymore mm-hmm. god ptolemy um um that you know it kind of it makes me think of that where it's like it's mm-hmm. it's not that it's more important or a bigger thing but it's like uh the last straw or you know a mm. insult to injury kind of thing yes almost. yes yes um so we have this the girls like okay we got to fly and of of course because of how upset Rachel is uh the reaction starts kicking in again and she mm-hmm. starts morphing and like before, it's not like back to human. Um, she's going straight from seagull into what she quickly realizes uh, is her elephant morph. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and- just casually out over the ocean into a nice yeah. big animal that's easily spotted. Yeah, and she definitely doesn't go unnoticed. Visser 3 definitely sees her. Um, and... Uh, she crashes into the water. She sinks because she's an elephant mm-hmm. um, and thinks she can't swim. Um, and yeah. by the time she realizes, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go I was just going to say, I know for a fact, I know she probably hits the water with some force, mm-hmm. but elephants are really good swimmers, is the thing. Yeah. They're yeah. so good at swimming. Yeah. Um, I feel, and it makes me feel just like, oh, yeah, um, yeah. It's because she doesn't think it, right? She's mm. she she doesn't think it until it, she says here about fifty feet under the surface when it occurs to her to see whether or not the elephant could swim because it seems like such a an out there proposition. Mm. Um, but of course, by the time she finds out that the elephant can swim and could swim pretty well, she's too far down and. Mm-hmm. Uh, is already out of breath. Um, yeah. uh, Axe has, uh, uh, having been summoned by Jake, who also saw Rachel uh, starting to morph, is now in his shark morph um, and has got eyes on her. But uh, because of the panic, Rachel starts to uh, morph again. Yep. Um, Cassie also, uh, one of the handy things about thought speakers, we can keep, it's real interesting way to do an action scene because mm-hmm. we're seeing it all from everybody's reactions to what's happening to mm-hmm. Rachel which is kind of like a neat uh, way how you can feel sort of very outside of your own body when shitty things are happening and you can get very sort of oh okay and this almost takes on a little zen quality in the moment as awesome mm-hmm. as well as panicking yep I do appreciate that um <laughs> We get this moment just like Axe observes that Rachel's getting smaller at an impressive speed. Axe the talking shark said, the talking shark was right. I was shrinking. Um, I didn't even notice that. The dialogue tag. (laughs) (laughs) She's demorphing the talking shark said. And then like five lines down, she is getting smaller at an impressive speed. Axe the talking shark said. The talking shark was right. (laughs) Um, But meanwhile, um, 
Marco, and of course it's Marco that notices. I assume it's also because Jake is planning to also demorph and get in the water as well. Mm-hmm. But Jake is the, uh, sorry, but Marco is the one who is paying attention to what's happening on the surface and sees um, Visa 3 um, morphing uh, first back into Andalite. Um, well, to be fair, Marco's like, that guy is morphing. I swear he's setting into an Andalite. Oh, man. And then it sort of twigs. And Cassie's just like, yes, it's Vista 3. <laughs> Forget <laughs> him. We have to save Rachel. And while Cassie isn't wrong, Marco is like savvy to be aware of what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel's going a bit loopy as uh, she runs out of oxygen. Um, singing um, a tune to Jingle Bells. Which is just about morphing, and it's hilarious. <laughs> it's like bless. Um, she's morphed ant, uh, and she's like trapped in an air bubble, um, which isn't really so much as like don't think of like a bubble floating in the ocean. Think of like um, when you submerge something, and there's that film mm-hmm. of air trapped on it. Yeah. Um, and she is able to kind of regain herself enough to talk back to Axe and Cassie in something that isn't a jingle. <laughs> um, and Marco points out that Visser 3 is morphing something big that can swim. Uh, Jake is really upset and frustrated because everything is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, begins to morph to, again. Yeah, she's trying to chill. She wants to get human again. And I like that. Come on, Rachel, you can do this. I told myself, but I had the feeling I was lying. Mm-hmm. But she does start to morph again, just and not to hilarious. human. Yeah, because Jake is like, Rachel, what are you morphing? And she's just like, why don't you tell me? Because guess what? I don't know. Uh, stay cool, Rachel. Jake advice. Cool. Cool. Hey, sorry if I sound tense, but I keep turning into things I don't want to turn into. Um, yeah, sarcastic Rachel is here and uh, ready to be unimpressed by people being unhelpful. <laughs> um, um, but it's the crocodile that she's morphing. Um, and she's kind of glad because at least the crocodile can swim <laughs> and hold its breath. And then we just have this exchange. Um, well, first of all, they they spot that um, uh, the the dolphins are there. Uh, it's Jake and Cassie. Uh, Axe is there in uh, Tiger Shark, or at least Rachel hopes that it's Axe. And Rachel's just like, I guess maybe I should have mentioned I was having this little problem with morphing her. No, it's much better to find out this way, Rachel. You know, when you could get us all killed, Jake said. It's not like Jake to be sarcastic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just cracks me up. Yeah, oh. because he's he is past the point of mm-hmm. anger. <clears throat> yeah. Um, uh. Marco gives the update um, about that uh, Visa Three is getting ready to dive into the water, and that people really don't want to be there when he does. Um, and the kids like need to book it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have another alligator's <coughs> crocodiles moment. Yep. I don't give a rat's butt if it's a crocodile or an alligator, so long as it can fight. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then I love this. Some good of that, that good onomatopoeic 
writing that Ka is uh, very fond of because there's a sound mm-hmm. like a depth charge, like something very large had just cannonballed into the water. Um, mm-hmm. Marco again giving the update a warning look out for the spears they look nasty to which point Rachel's like the what? the spears? <laughs> what spears? <laughs> the thing Visser 3 morphed into I can't be sure but I think maybe it shoots spears out of its, ma- its mouth ah Alex said speaking up I bet it's a leptin javelin fish I've always wanted to see one of those I mean you know in a zoo or something <laughs> I love Alex yep let it be known. Yeah. But they can't outrun it because Rachel's crocodile is too slow in the water, especially compared to the shark and dolphin that everybody else is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of turn around to face the thing that is Visser 3. Um, here we see sort of Jake in problem-solving mode. Mm-hmm. Tells everybody to spread out, to keep moving, so Visser 3 can't easily target anyone. Uh, and calls Marco down to join them because he's still uh, in Seagull Morph. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Jason is on the boat pointing and laughing, which... In case we didn't already in, get <laughs> just how much of a douche canoe he is. Like, granted, the dude doesn't know that Visser 3 is currently going after some children. However, no. you just saw the person that you were talking to morph into a scary ass alien and then morph into a scarier alien. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of a kind of kind of appreciate it. he's just rolling with it, just like dope. He's just like, <laughs> oh, that trait could have been so admirable if you weren't the worst kind of person. Yeah. Um but here's the thing. JJ is having a great time watching this. Literally says about how awesome Vista 3 is in this moment. Mm-hmm. And Rachel is so beyond pissed. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt cold fury. What kind of human being would sell out his own species? Um, so we get this fun description of the um, the lebton javelin fish, uh, a living pancake, is <laughs> one of the ways. Yeah, a vast bright yellow stingray. Uh, with stalk-mounted eyes, trailing antenna, and along its back, these uh, spears that are similar looking to how a jet fighter has missiles uh, under the wings. But like about 20 of these spears, Mm -hmm. um, brightly colored, and uh, this creature moves fast. Yep. Uh, It's coming towards the kids. Um, They observe that it's probably not that agile and it'll be slow in a turn. And Axe is like, I've changed my mind. I do not think I want to see a Lebton javelin fish. <laughs> uh, and then the javelin fish uh, sucks a spear into itself and then shoots it out of its mouth like a spear gun. This is like such a, it's like almost inflate to go, uh, to build up enough air inside it perhaps to fire this, this spear. And it's like, what? As a visual. <laughs> These books have been very weird up until this point, but the notion of like a stingray slash inflatable puffer fish that can then fire a spear is, you're asking a lot, okay, eh? It, it could just be the 20 past 11 talking right now, but it's a bit fucking weird. <laughs> 
Uh, the spear does hit Rachel through the tail. Um, she finds that she can't really <clears throat> swim or move with it through her tail. Um, so, uh, as the javelin fish is firing at the others, barely, barely missing them, uh, Rachel plays dead. Um, and, uh, as, and t- instructs the others to swim away. Um, get out of here or everyone will be dead, even though Cassie, uh, doesn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I forgot about this. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, so as the Animorphs split out, uh, and Rachel is playing dead, the Visser has a choice to make because he has to choose which one to go after. Uh, <laughs> ah, splitting up, eh? Well, that will only affect affect the order in which I kill each of you. What have I heard the human children say? Ah, uh, yes. Eeny, meeny, miny, moo. I love this. <laughs> and Rachel says, I almost said it's mo, you jerk. Mo. Not moo. But it's slightly more sense than that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the plan is, and she's hoping that Visa 3 goes after Cassie. Because that will bring him by her. Exactly. Um, when he gets close enough, she uh, jerks out of her play dead stance and just fucking bites him. This um, is hilarious. This, pay- <laughs> this, this payoff of like biting into a water balloon, the inflated javelin fish exploded. <laughs> and the leptin javelin just goes, uh, the, uh, and that leptin javelin fish learned a whole new way to fly. It squirted wildly through the water, blasted up through the surface, arched through the air like a sick dolphin, and landed far away with a loud, satisfying splash. And the whole time we heard Visa 3's thoughts, big voice crying, we're blasting off again. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's just good. It's incredibly good. Marco finds Rachel, uh, Mm -hmm. and they all get back to shore. Mm -hmm. Um, We cut to them in the woods and Axe explaining that uh, Rachel is allergic to an animal that she acquired, specifically the crocodile that she acquired. And it's just like, okay. You're saying love- just because I acquired that crocodile, I lost control of my morphing powers. Not all control, just some. It's like when you humans suddenly make violent exhalations through your nostrils and shout, achoo, sneezing. You're saying I've been sneezing. <laughs> Which Tobias is just like, yeah, to be I fair, love- he's spots a mouse, but I like the thought that he's laughing at it, quite frankly. <laughs> I love that Tobias is just in the background of the scene hunting for a mouse. Yeah. Yeah, and Rachel mentioned that she like Tobias needed to hunt dinner before it got dark, which you know that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great, and we have um, an and light word here that Danielle will pronounce for us. Uh, this is sort of <laughs> the way that the um, it happens naturally when you have these reactions, or at least it happens to Andalites. It's called the Harith Illent. And she's like, that sounds poetic. Cassie said, a literal, literal translation would be something like burping DNA. <laughs> to which Margaret's like, now that's poetry. 
Um, I, this I, next I phrase mm, is hilarious to me because he says, since we have no mouths, we don't have phrases like spitting out or vomiting up. Hareth is what we say instead. So you have a word for burping, but not vomiting. I mean, if you absorb nutrients <laughs> through your feet, there's no solids involved, so... Right, but if you, if you can burp through your feet, why can't you vomit through your feet? Danielle, where's your imagination? Come on now. <laughs> 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 but, um... <laughs> never mind this. Axe goes on to explain that um, the DNA will be expelled um, and you can't control when it happens. Uh, you just have to be careful, especially since this crocodile is a dangerous creature. Um, and Axe explains, uh, you basically have to morph the animal while you re retain your own body. It's creating a whole living animal out of the excess uh, matter floating in zero space. Hey, we're back to zero space. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yep. He tells Rachel that uh, she can control some of the symptoms by remaining very calm and unemotional. The out-of-control morphing happened when you were upset or emotional. Um, oh my god, this bit. <laughs> we, we get some explanations, just like, okay, so it was um, mad about uh, JJ, <laughs> um, nervous, afraid with being in Chapman's office. And the first time when you morphed inside your house, what emotion were you feeling then? Nothing. I kept my face blank. What were you doing when it started? Jake asked me. I don't remember. I lied. Cassie cocked an eyebrow at me. Rachel, you were pulling up pictures of Jeremy Jason off the internet. So, I demanded, that's not something emotional. And Marco loses it. <laughs> and it is so good. It was L-O-O-V-E, Marco crowed, drawing the word out. The deadly, dangerous emotion of puppy love. Rachel was overcome by attraction, by desire, by intense, uncontrollable tiger beat passion. <laughs> and he carries on, despite the fact that Rachel interrupts him uh, by trying to grab and choke him, but he dodges behind Ak. It turned her into a wild animal, Marco yapped on. Several wild animals, actually. She became the alligator of love. <laughs> it's crocodile, Jake said, smirking in a most un-Jake-like way. And at which point Rachel starts morphing. <laughs> <laughs> and Axe is just like, you see, passions and emotions set off the allergic reaction. You must try to eliminate the emotions. How about if I just eliminate Marco? I growled. It's so perfect, Marco said. Mighty Xena has a weakness. Human emotion. She's a victim of love. <laughs> and at which point Jake does step in. Then, and it's just like squeeze Marco. Marco, if you make her mad, she'll morph. And if she starts morphing, she might end up in full grizzly bear. You really want Rachel mad at you and in grizzly bear morph. <laughs> and Marco's like, I get your point, Jake. I think I'll go watch Tobias eat his mouse. <laughs> <laughs> and I, that whole interaction is just it's so, so good. It's so good. That is the kind of banter I want. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not mean-spirited, or it doesn't feel that way reading it. Mm -hmm. That just feels like, if somebody I felt that way about just sort of revealed that kind of thing, I would probably lose my shit too. <laughs> just like, you? 
<laughs> you feel this? Oh, and it's like Christmas. And it just, <laughs> but also it's like, one, you could see this as Marco like bringing the funny as he does to sort of help lighten the mood. Because this is a serious thing. Jake was so severely pissed and scared. And this is sort of like bringing everybody back to a good, comfortable place. But also, he's getting to have fun. Mm -hmm. Because Marco saw Vissa, what, watched Vissa 3 turn into the javelin fish, was the one who carried like an injured Rachel out. Like, he was just probably just as scared by what happened. Or, like Rachel said earlier, Marco makes jokes to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're all taking refuge in Marco's buffoonery in this moment. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it's really fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, too, am taking refuge in this. <laughs> Good, because the next little bit is not great. No, it's not. It's very it's, upsetting. It's, so we have that funny thing. And then in the next paragraph, uh, Jake goes into leader mode. Mm -hmm. And he tells Rachel to keep a very low profile, don't go to school, don't go, don't worry about this mission, don't worry about this TV show shit that you thought up, uh, until you do the Harith Illent. Uh, we will figure out something else. Meanwhile, Rachel's like, but we still have, we have to stop him. We can't have him speaking for the sharing. We could grab him, keep him locked up somewhere until the Yerk dies. Um... Because, obviously, even if he wasn't infested before, he's definitely fucking infested now because he saw Visser 3. Um, bless you. And uh, Jake's like, well, I know we have to stop him, and we will. We'll just have to figure out a different way to get at him. And Rachel's like, this is our last chance. They'll be on guard. They'll be watching for us. Or, yeah, they'll be on guard. They'll be watching for us. We'll never get another chance, basically. Um, and Jake nods and he says, could be, could be we can't pull this off. Could be we'll have to forget about it For, or forget about it. The good humored smile evaporated. He gave me a cold look. Maybe you should have thought about that, Rachel. You're the one who blew the mission today. You're the one who let Visser 3 know we were on to Jeremy Jason. Next time, maybe you'll let the rest of us know when you're not in shape to handle a mission. Which like, fuck, dude. Mm. The thing is, and. He isn't wrong. He's not, but like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Rachel doesn't argue because she can't. Yeah. Cassie's embarrassed. Axe isn't looking at her. Even Tobias notices because he uh, thought whispers to Rachel like, hey, don't worry about it. It's okay. Um, but like, Rachel knows she did a bad uh, mm -hmm. And so she doesn't argue with it. Um, mm -hmm. But also, like, damn, Jake. Mm -hmm. Shit. And you made a comment in our document here, actually. Yeah, uh, which is that of all of them, he consistently seems to treat Rachel the worst. Um, he's always seems to be a little harder on Rachel. Like, we saw him get angry at Cassie um, mm -hmm. in book nine. Like, we saw him get angry mostly because he was afraid for her, probably. Yeah. Um, but, like, this is borderline mean. Yeah. And we don't really see Jake being mean. We've seen him being a rip, 
Cassie, we've seen him being angry at, at uh, Axe in book eight. Mm-hmm. But like, fuck. Yeah. And I had the thought, I saw your comment there and I agreed. Um, um, one point that is maybe it's because he worries her about her the most because she's the most like him. Mm-hmm. He sees in her the stuff like we saw earlier, the top of the book where uh, he would have done the same. Like when the, uh, Tobias was like, "Ask Jake what he would have done in that situation," and Jake admits, "Then I would have done. I would have mm-hmm. done it." And. Jake sees in Rachel stuff he doesn't like in himself and he is so scared for her because he knows that she'll make the dangerous choice again and again and again and that he's going to ask her to as well. Uh-huh. That, that she's going to need to. And he hates himself for asking her for that and he hates that he would do it too. Yep. There is already so much self-loathing in Jake for the choices that he's making. And when he sees Rachel acting certain ways, he can't ignore the shit in himself. It's classic projection is what it is, and it's deeply upsetting because these are children. Take drink. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't excuse uh, the way he acts because he is mean. But also, like, yeah. and then a thought that's just occurred to me: he knows Rachel can handle it in a way the others can't. Yeah, it's, Rachel understands that it's a war better than anybody, so she's not going to take it probably personally and hate him for it in the same way that he's scared the others might. He loves yeah. Cassie. Marco is his best friend. Tobias and Axe look up to him in different ways. Rachel is probably the most on his level. Yeah. Uh, so, mm, counterpoint to make you feel worse. Please. <laughs> Come at me, bro. He's once again forging her into the weapon that he needs her to be. Ah, yes. The good suffering. Mm-hmm. An obedient soldier who's willing to do the big dangerous things. Yeah. And who won't question him. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. He does too. <laughs> That's why he's so mad about it. <laughs> yep. Uh, Good. It's you ever sad it's about great. animorphs. Oh, all the, every day of my life, Jade. It's, uh... <laughs> Let's, let me clue you into why I made this podcast. It's because sharing it makes me feel a little better for a little while. <laughs> Until, like Jen, you just turn it the fuck around on me and make me cry at work. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Um, I I have said it before, and it's only fair it gets turned back on me. I refuse to suffer alone. <laughs> <laughs> just wait, just wait until dumb kids gets worse. Then you just fucking wait. <laughs> you <laughs> you can't hurt me in any way that matters. 
Oh, that's where you're so very wrong. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> anyway, back to the book. <laughs> I was there, Cantal. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak the old old words to me. Uh, don't speak the words to me. Don't speak the old law to me, which I was there when they were written. Ah, oh, God. God. Okay. Okay. So Rachel decides I have to fix my fuck up. Yep. And so the best way to do lied. that. <laughs> the, the best way to do that is to lie to mm-hmm. Cassie and Jake that mm-hmm. her best she, friend and the leader. Yeah. That that she had uh done the thing. That she burped the crocodile DNA and it was all over, really. Mm-hmm. And appreciate of course if I tried to full wax it wouldn't have worked because see I didn't really know what was going to happen. None of us mm-hmm. really understood Axe when he'd explained it. Once he starts in about zero space, we all just kind of glaze over. <laughs> if, uh, I if I had tried to trick X, so mm-hmm. he would have asked the one question neither Jake nor Cassie thought to ask. What did you do with the extra crocodile? <laughs> this information is going to be important later, readers. Oh, the foreshadowing. <laughs> the foreshadowing. Um, but, no, like, Rachel has successfully lied to friends. And she's like, um, she tells Cassie and they, she changed it as they're like changing classes. Um, mm-hmm. I think if I'd had to look her right in the face, she would have known I was lying. Uh-huh. <laughs> so just like <laughs> we should add to the fucking drinking list Jade makes a pointed reference to dumb kids mechanics that nobody outside of our <laughs> podcast and a few other people have read um it's good is the thing yeah um but um Rachel doesn't see herself as having any other choice because they have to stop JJ from endorsing the sharing and the Barry and Cindy Sue show is the only chance and she's like, it's, it'll be fine. All I have to do is control my emotions. Just stay unemotional and I wouldn't go into an uncontrolled morph. And I'm good at handling emotion. Except anger, maybe. I have a small problem with anger. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh. Um, but who was going to make me mad on a stupid TV show? It would be fine. Fine. <laughs> we, uh, narrator voice. It was not fine. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, the line after that in the book is, "Uh uh-huh. Yep. Uh, She goes home after school. Her dad is waiting for her at the hotel. Well, she doesn't go home. She goes back to the hotel. She's staying out with her dad. Her dad's waiting for her and is like, "What? you're late. Like, we need to go. Where have you been? And she's like, uh, school? (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) School. (laughs) Fortunately, we can walk to the studio and avoid traffic. Um, <laughs> so she changes. They walk to the studio. Her dad asks her if she's nervous. Uh, and she's like, eh, not really. And then he's like, nationwide live TV broadcast, millions of people watching coast to coast, and you're not nervous. And she's like, well, now I am, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is such a dad thing to do. <laughs> I don't feel like her dad's like trying to bring reality. I just feel like that's just some good dad energy. <laughs> Uh, Cassie catches up with them uh, because she's there for, you know, emotional support slash to do the mission. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> how God, you doing? She asked this. me. 
<laughs> Great. Really? Yep. Nervous? No. Yep. Excited? No. <laughs> Scared? Definitely not. <laughs> Do we have a plan? I mean, ex- what exactly are we doing about Jeremy Jason? We're stopping him. How? We're improvising. Uh-oh. I, I, I fucking love this. And this then a the llama most, comes most, tearing past. The most animorph sentences. Suddenly a llama <laughs> came tearing past. Its dainty hoofs skittered crazily on the waxed linoleum. It turned a corner and was gone. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, suddenly llama. Because uh, the uh, animorphs version of, what is his name? Andrew Hanna. Um, mm-hmm. The dude who would bring animals onto talk shows all the time. Uh mm-hmm has brought a whole bunch of animals to appear on the show uh, before mm-hmm. everything. Um, Rachel's dad gets her to hair and makeup. The hair person is just... Unpleasant. Uh, unpleasant. Like, the worst kind of stereotype of a hairstylist is mm-hmm. yanking at Rachel's hair, which makes her angry, which makes her grow wolf fur. Um, uh, the hairstylist runs away. And Cassie's she, she runs away because uh, oh yeah Cassie's like oh my god in the hallway it's uh, Kevin Costner and Tom Cruise too uh, and which gets rid of the hairstylist for a little bit but then Rachel gets to deal with an incredibly pissed off Cassie yep you um, lied she's understandably upset to me again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, right, she's yelling, and Rachel's just like, "I'm trying to be calm, Cassie. I'm trying to do more." <laughs> you can't do this stupid show while you're still this way. I'm doing the show; it's the only way. I'm not letting this creep. Now, look, you're just making me upset. <laughs> she's like continuing <laughs> she's, she's, like, to grow wolfer. <laughs> uh, Ty comes. Uh, the hairstylist comes back in. Um, Rachel's like, I didn't hair even see Kevin Costner. <laughs> uh, and she's like what was wrong with your hair and Rachel's like I uh, don't condition enough <laughs> and then Jeremy Jason comes in uh, Cassie <laughs> fans out wobbles. it's very yeah, like, cute which, yeah because it's definitely one of those things where it's like yeah you know this dude's a shitbag and probably also a controller at this point but like mm. I fucking this, I just like I didn't get up from the makeup chair and I didn't shake his hand because I have to tell you the truth, even knowing what he was now, even knowing what kind of person he was, even knowing that inside his head there lived an evil grey yerk slug, if he'd hugged me like he had Cassie, I would have morphed. <laughs> I would have morphed big time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like, yes, yep. good, good. Yep. Um, and he's like, oh, hey, don't I know you from somewhere? And Rachel's like, no, you definitely do not. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're the guy who fell into the crocodile pit. <laughs> and Cassie's like, that's not all she did. She also had her house fall in on her. <laughs> and I appreciate that this goes on. Like, Cassie's just in, like, loopy, just like, JJ's here. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And JJ's like, look, disaster girl, or whatever you are. How about if you and your friends stumble on out of here? I need to get made up, and I don't need an audience. And then both of them are like, oh, right, this dude's an asshole. And they leave. Mm -hmm. Um, They find the llama outside in the hallway. (laughs) Just like, uh, and just like, 
Rachel just like, if you're waiting for makeup to get made up, you can forget it. You're not a big enough star. To which point the llama responds, maybe not, but I will be someday. <laughs> it's just like, they both, Cassie and Rachel both jump. You think we of all people would be prepared for strange things like talking llamas, but it caught us totally by surprise. Marco, I guess. Who else would be this cute? Check out this fur. Check out this little llama smile on my little llama face. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's very late, but that's a very good sentence that I don't think clicks with me on the first page. Where's the real llama? Don't worry, I put him in an empty dressing room. Oh my god. But he's got the schedule details, and he tells them that uh, Jake and Axe are here in bug morphs. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, Rachel is on after the animal guy, but... Then before, no, actually, after the animal guy and also Jeremy Jason, then it's Rachel. Um, but um, what is important about this swapping of information um, is that Cassie fills Marco in about how Rachel may have slightly exaggerated um, when she said she was okay and to warn Jake. And Cassie is the one that has the idea um, that they all, they're going to need it was too late for Rachel to cancel, but they need a backup. So she uh, suggests that somebody acquires Rachel. Uh, so they yeah. have a copy of Rachel if they need it. To which point Marco's just like, morph Rachel? I'll do it, I'll do it. And my little non-binary heart sang. <laughs> and I know that's not what they meant, but I was still happy about it. <laughs> um, Rachel shoots down that idea uh, in flames. Um but um, right, the train at the animal handlers show up um, <laughs> uh, and lead him away. Um, but then uh, Cassie acquires uh, Rachel. She doesn't even know. really ask first. Yeah, she puts her hand on Rachel's arm and she's just like, don't worry, I'll never use your morph for anything bad, Cassie said solemnly. Um. And uh, it gives Rachel enough of the willies that she almost begins to morph, but she controls it. Mm -hmm. And then some woman with a clipboard is like, hey, you, the falling girl, come on. Um, they're running late. You're going to go in the last segment. Uh, they're going to tell her, tell her everything she needs to do. You're going to walk across the stage. You're going to shake the host's hand. Then the, the Cindy Sue's going to shake your hand unless she's in a snit. And then you sit and you don't look at the camera. You look at Barry and Cindy Sue and you just tell your story. Um, <laughs> if Barry does this with his hand, that means speeds up, speed up. If he does this with his hand, it means wrap it up because we're done. Got it? Good. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> I don't fucking Cassie being <laughs> so funny. Who are you? I'm Falling Girl's partner, dropping chick, Cassie said. <laughs> <laughs> She's my friend, you know. For moral support. Yeah, whatever. Come on. <laughs> and so they sit them like off to the side of the set because the green room is has been trashed. Um, By some band last week. <laughs> yep. Uh, so they're just like sitting on stools off, like just off set where they can like even still see shit going on on set. Um, uh, the hosts pass by. Uh, they're sat next to... Uh, Bart Jacobs, who is the animal person, and uh, Cindy Sue gives the animal person like a really nasty look, and it's because 
of like weird drama between the two. Uh, meanwhile, Rachel's yeah, an animal peed on her. Yeah, Meanwhile, Rachel is kind of freaking out, but telling herself that she's not freaking out, but she is freaking out. Um, Meanwhile, JJ is having a fucking like mini meltdown because like the green room is closed and he's like, you can't just keep me standing around. Um, And she starts to think about how Jeremy is... A controller now like had had it occurred to him by now that he's been tricked that there's no such thing as a partnership with yurks with the yurks that he's just a slave and he's going to be this way forever and she starts to feel sick and she's like uh wait a minute i feel actually physically sick um and she looks at cashy and she's like uh so i think that thing is happening <laughs> and cassie's like what thing you know now here now yeah <laughs> here now i love i love this I have to break oh no cassie wailed but she wailed quietly because bart jacobs was still sitting next to us. <laughs> uh so uh the animal guy goes on along with marco the llama um. <laughs> meanwhile, Marco is an exceptional name for a llama. I just gotta <laughs> say it is. Um. Meanwhile, Rachel's having a very hard time because she like the the Harith Illand is extremely unpleasant. Like she's feeling extremely nauseous and very very disoriented, and like can feel the crocodile mind coming up inside of her own mind and also like just weird things are happening with her body she has a moment where like the actual literal crocodile mind is inhabiting her brain at the same time she is inhabiting her brain and the crocodile almost takes control of her body um and like runs across the set and bites jared me jason mccall like (laughs) As a human with human teeth, just like fucking bites him on the shoulder. <laughs> Cassie manages to steer Rachel away and back into a uh, like into a bathroom, basically giving the excuse that like Rachel's gonna throw up stage fright or something. I don't know, but like when a person needs to throw up, you kind of just point them to the bathroom. You don't stop them. Which is smart. Mm-hmm. We've also got this business of Marco is now off stage and gets also bitten by Rachel. <laughs> yeah. It's not very deadly human teeth. Yep. Um, and and, the, and mm-hmm. a crocodile is growing out of her back. You know. Like literally a crocodile is growing out of her back. Because that DNA has got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um. And as Rachel points out, the whole this wasn't even the worst of it. That you know she's growing a twenty foot long crocodile out of her back. Uh, the whole thing is making her very upset. She's mad. She's scared. Mad at how scared she is. Whole basket of extreme emotions, and she wasn't rid of the allergy yet. Yep. Cassie uh, races her to the ladies' room as mm-hmm. she is expelling the crocodile and also morphing Grizzly. As you do. As you do. Um, and it's like. 
doesn't hurt Rachel. Like it's one of the things it, it doesn't hurt, but it's very unsettling, even by the standards that they're used to mm-hmm. from morphing. Um, but they've made it to the bathroom. Somebody, of course, wants to come in. <laughs> needs to use the bathroom. Um, which they managed, who they briefly managed to uh, chase off, and Rachel. Um, who is in this bathroom with the crocodile growing out of her back, is in there with Cassie and is just like, Cassie, this crocodile's not me. It's going to kill you. And so Cassie, uh, panicking quite a little bit, uh, moves herself into a bathroom stall and then morphs Squirrel. Never mind that she has a host of insect morphs she could use, like Fly. Mm-hmm. Instead, she tries to morph the most prey of prey animals, mm-hmm. the squirrel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when the crocodile hits the floor. Yep. Having been successfully burped. Yep. Um, Rachel's a grizzly bear. <laughs> yep. So there's a 20-foot crocodile, a full-grown 7-foot-tall grizzly bear, and a squirrel in a bathroom. It doesn't go well. No. Uh, <laughs> Rachel observes that while grizzlies are great, uh, they're incredibly powerful, they've got nothing that will work on a crocodile. Mm-hmm. The, the claws aren't sharp enough um, to get through the, uh, the skin, mm-hmm. and um, crocodiles' bite strength is going to, regardless of, as soon as it gets a hold on any part of the bear, uh, it'll be bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a brawl breaks out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cassie just dives onto this squirrel and goes for the eyes. Yeah. The Tobias strategy. Yep. <laughs> uh, they burst out of the bathroom door, uh, knocking back the woman who is trying to get in to the bathroom. Uh and there's just a metaphorical cartoon whirlwind of a crocodile and a bear, just, and a squirrel, going down the hallway. Uh, and this continues out into the behind the scenes and then out into the set. I really appreciate this detail and all this chaos that Marco, who is in llama morph, mm-hmm. still rushes the crocodile mm-hmm. to try and help. Gets knocked clear and and just scrambles right back up and comes in. <laughs> Meanwhile, yep. all this is happening, and Bart Jake is just like, "They're not my animals. I don't know where they came from." <laughs> but uh, nobody believes him. Yeah. Meanwhile, a cro- the crocodile's trying to tear Rachel's leg off. The sh- people with the background got people uh, shouting about how the show will be ruined and should be cut to commercial. <laughs> Who cares? Run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um. But yeah, they, but they yeah. get out onto set and Barry and Cindy Sue are just like still trying to interview Jeremy Jason McColl and <laughs> like and Cindy Sue's just like, can we get Burke Jacobs to come out here and remove his animals? Like, All respect. <laughs> In this house, we respect Cindy Sue. Um, so this is like, maybe it was the side of the brave but insane charge of the llama. Brave but insane <laughs> charge of the llama is just a glorious piece of prose. And I am grateful for mm-hmm. it, its existence. Um, but yes, that 
um, or maybe um, Cassie going for the eyes was enough to get the uh, crocodile to let go of uh, Rachel's leg. Yep. Um, but yep, the, the fight continues. Um, and the thing is, as this fight is happening, uh, and Bart Jacobs is like, I ain't getting in between a crocodile and a bear. <laughs> <laughs> Showing, you know, some uh, sense of self-preservation. Um, yep. But JJ is uh, staring like big eyed, big eyed off the set frozen um, because just out of sight, uh, Axe has demorphed. Yep. Which is a really good way to check if somebody's a yerk. They've been yerk. Just like, how do they <laughs> react to the side of an andalite? Exactly. Um, uh, they're losing this fight. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. going well. Cassie gets fucking mm-hmm. yeeted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like all the way across the fucking studio. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Jake calls for the retreat. He's like, you know what? Just fuck- Just get out of here. We don't need to deal mm-hmm. with this crocodile. It's not our enemy. Just fucking leave. Just leave. And, and Cassie <laughs> is just like, I'm at the light switch. I can turn off the lights. Every get ready to run. Yep. I'm just like, when well, the lights go down, everybody bail and Marco's ready. Um yep. uh, and that's when fate intervened. Marco was climbing to his llama feet. His hooves splayed suddenly on the wax floor and he plowed into the back of Jeremy Jason's seat. The actor, all the yerk in his head, was still frozen in horror, and he stayed frozen as he fell from the chair and landed directly in front of the crocodile. Yep. The audience is screaming. Cindy Sue is running. Barry is yelling, get a stapler, get a stapler. Rachel's not sure if that's actually what he was saying. She was kind of distracted. And Jeremy Jason is uh, freaking out. And Rachel swears that she can see something slimy and grey come crawling out of Jeremy Jason's ear. And then Cassie switches the light off. Yep. There's a lot of screaming, a lot of animal roaring, a lot of shrill, horrifying screaming of Jeremy Jason, uh, presumably as he gets fucking attacked by a crocodile. Um, And Axe just launches himself onto the crocodile. Yep. Um who very promptly lets go of Jeremy Jason. Because Axe fucking just kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, we already know that an Anderlite tail is deadly, uh, mm-hmm. but er, Rachel gains a new respect for Axe in this moment because, like, she has been the crocodile and is like, that thing was a fucking tank. How the mm-hmm. fuck did you kill it? Um... Axe confirms that the Yerk left Jeremy Jason um, and uh, is gone. Um, Everyone is still alive, and so they leave. Um, And Rachel steps on the Yerk on her way out. Yep. I don't think the Yerk made it too far. Um, They all morph back to human. Including uh, Axe. Including Axe. They... Don't have Cassie with them. Presumably she got away somewhere and and morphed back to human. Um, Rachel goes back in to find her because they expect her to be around there somewhere, whereas everybody else doesn't belong. So she goes back in. uh, And then a really interesting scene happens where she turns Mm -hmm. around a corner and nearly runs into uh, 
the stage manager and a person who looks really familiar because <laughs> it's her. Um, it is Cassie in Rachel Morph, um, who is talking to the stage manager or the show producer, whoever it is, the show producer. Um, and the, the dude's like, you're a very unlucky girl. And Cassie's like, that's what I keep telling people. They keep saying how lucky I am to survive. And I keep saying, like, not. <laughs> Which I like how Cassie puts on the Valley Girl accent. Mm-hmm. Even though Rachel doesn't talk like that. Mm-hmm. You're talking like a white girl, I think is what the yeah. impression I get here. Um. You know, for a moment, I wondered about you, but the crocodile has been destroyed, and yet here you are. Um, And Rachel hides herself, because if there were two of her in the same place, it would be extremely suspicious. Um, Meanwhile, Cassie is doing a really good job of lying her ass off. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't get me. I'm getting out of here. I have to find my dad. He's here somewhere. It would help if someone would, like, you know, get things organized. <laughs> and then there's this crowning moment of badass because this she pushed glorious. She pushed past this dude um, and is like walking away. And the dude, wanting to test her, shouts, Andalite. And Ra- the real Rachel, like, it knows that, like, he's testing Cassie. He's wanting to see if she reacts because if she recognizes or hesitates or anything like that, then he knows that she's tied up in this. And then Cassie just keeps walking and without hesitation says, yeah, and a light would be helpful too. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Fuck. <laughs> um, but the guy clearly satisfied uh snorts and walks away uh rachel catches up with cassie just like impressed um and i have this moment of uh cassie just like oh good you're back it's a good thing i'm having the worst time trying to control this morph you're having trouble being me what could be hard about that she raised an eyebrow and aware that looked as much like cassie as it did like me this brain of yours it keeps trying to get me to do really dumb things <laughs> uh and they kind of laugh about how everything still managed to somehow work out. Um, Cassie's like, Jake will still kill you. And Rachel's like, Cassie, if I were Jake, I'd kill me too. Say, you don't suppose you'd want to stay in my body a little longer, would you? Nope. Coward. Yep. <laughs> um, and then we cut to them all in the hotel room. Because Rachel still has to stay there until her house is fucking rebuilt. Um, and they're all sitting there watching cable TV. Like, all of the Animorphs, including Axe and Human Morph and Tobias sitting on the windowsill. They're all eating pie, except for Tobias, who doesn't want pie because he's a hawk. I appreciate Axe being covered in, like, entire face being covered in pie. Oh, yeah. It's it's such a good visual. Um, But, yeah, they're there... uh, Marco sings along to the Entertainment Tonight theme. Jake throws a pillow and hits him on the back of the head. And then uh, the Entertainment Tonight is covering the mess that was the Barry and Cindy Sue show. Yep. Um, and the story that went with it. Uh, and it turns out since then, uh, Jeremy Jason McCall is out of the hospital and uh, his agent has said he's quitting Powerhouse and leaving the country. Um, <laughs> to Uzbekistan. Uh, 
which Tobias is like Uzbekistan, <laughs> uh, which Poirot points out probably the furthest away he could get away from the Yerks and the media. <laughs> I wonder if they have crocodiles in Uzbekistan. <laughs> I'm guessing no. Oh, uh, uh. and then just for the sake of it, the girls are just uh, go on just like Cassie sighs. So just like it's just a pity he really was cute, and right, they just like lean into the bit. Mm-hmm. And Mark just like acts. You should have let the crocodile eat him. Um, <laughs> and Jake's just like that. Does it? Marco changed the channel. Put on Baywatch. Um, but Marco just like uh, keeps hold of manages to keep hold of the remote despite uh, Rachel's attempt to get it off him. And uh, he flips through the channels and lands on Xena. And um, Marco just winks at her. Yep. And uh, this, uh, Rachel is happy for them to watch. Yeah, I love what an understated bro Marco is in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, this is peak fucking Marco in this yeah. book. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good shit. It's very good shit. Uh, but that's the end of the book. <laughs> Did a cool-ass kick flip. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Watching Xena. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Freeze frame high five. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all righty. Yep. Well, that was book 12. It was book 12. In, in two very distinct parts for Daniel. <laughs> talk. So, hey, the for the reader at home who maybe doesn't know, we had to cut this into two parts because I had a washer and dryer delivered in the middle of our last recording. So we had to just, just cut it up a little bit. It's fine. That's why we're recording it now, gone midnight. Uh, it's good. Let us know if you enjoyed this slightly more feral energy of post-work late evening. And uh, maybe we'll do other episodes this late in the day. <laughs> <sighs> this book is so much. It is a lot. And and I like, uh, like Joel pointed out, um, that like this book is fucking wacky. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it's also not overly ridiculous. No, I like, think it's very in keeping with what the series is. Yeah. Does, I didn't read this going, well, that made no sense. It wasn't like a jump yeah. the shark moment or anything like that. Yeah. It just, it feels like a more hijinksy mm-hmm. episode with a very strange premise, but like they have the ability to turn into animals. So it's not. <laughs> It's not that far from its base yep. that it comes across as, like I said, like ridiculous. It's just, yep. yep, you're allergic to DNA and your body's going to try and get rid of it. Yep. Have fun with that. Yep. Like, 14, funny. Ridiculous. In less of a, uh, I was going to say ridiculous in less of a realistic sense. Um. 28, just not even that ridiculous, but just fucking weird. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I tell you what, this feels like this feels like good classic Doctor Who vibes. This feels like a Doctor Who episode. Yeah, you're right. This is the fucking Slitheen, is what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good shit. Very much enjoyed. I reading it, I was just like, I found this one incredibly easy to read. There was a lot to laugh at in it. Mm-hmm. Rachel was 
frustrating but very believable. Mm -hmm. I think I liked the characterization of everybody in yeah. this book, like a lot, even though Jake's behavior was more upsetting. Mm -hmm. But like, it was also interesting. And I think that's something I'm actually going to pay attention to or try to pay attention to is like how we feel the non narrator characters come mm -hmm. across. Yeah. Because obviously the perspective of the narrator shapes how we see the characters. And thinking about actually how mean Rachel came across in the last book, mm -hmm. but that was Jake's perspective on it. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing I'm going to try and try and look out for. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't Joel, it was nomadic mindset, please forgive me. Uh, but yeah, it's, we're about, actually with this book, I think we're exactly halfway through the first, like, 26, really 25 books um, that the authors wrote themselves. Because um, once we pass book 26... We get into the ghost-written books. And with those, the characterization can really be hit or miss. Mm. Um, but here it feels like we're really solidly in the middle of the author's stride in mm. terms of characterization. Um, I, f I feel like, I, f I think you're exactly right. I think everyone's characterization was on point here. Um, we saw less of some compared to others, but I think as a whole, nobody felt out of character. Mm -hmm. One of the things, observation, Cassie feels the most likable from Rachel's perspective. Yes. Which is, which is fitting, really, mm -hmm. because they are best friends. Yeah, and Rachel admires her. Mm -hmm. We got that at the beginning of this book. Where yeah. she like she looks at Cassie with fucking hard eyes, like I'm just like my friend is so cool. Yeah, she does all these things. Like she goes to school and also does this full time job and also does the animals thing and also she's just really nice. <laughs> God, best friends are great. Yeah, I'll have, have one someday. <sighs> but yes. <laughs> Teen, teen girl friendships can be the most beautiful, wholesome things. It's true. What was your favorite part of this book, Daniel? Um, Pick one, please. <laughs> Wackadoodle confection of a book. Uh, I don't know that I have one particular favorite part. Fair. Um... Because I don't think there's one part that really stands out to me as, like, the shining pinnacle of this book. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot that I like here. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's, there's really good humor. Um, and uh, the final action scene is gripping and good. The mid-book action scene is gripping and good. Mm. Um, we have an interesting premise. Uh, we have all of the characters acting in character and being true to themselves. You know, just very solid book for me. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Did you have a favorite part? 
probably Marco the Llama. <laughs> it's very good. Ended by Marco the Llama. Yeah, I I really like the Andalite joke at the end. Mm, that it's is so fucking good. incredible. I think right. I actually had to stop reading just to laugh when I yeah. read that. I forgot that it happened this early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, did anything surprise you? I mean, it's a fucking wacky book. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you weren't expecting? the Animorphs to be allergic to random animal DNA and then have to create an entire animal out of their back and then fight that animal? It's weird, you know, I actually did see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This was, because it wasn't afraid to lean into the wacky and the weird, Mm -hmm. um, I guess it felt very fun, pulpy vibes. Um, I guess... For such a book that could be quite so serious, like that balance of comedy and the sci-fi. I tell you, said I said Doctor Who earlier. Do you know what this actually? I realise it reminds me of Red mm. Dwarf. Mm. Actually, it's got it's got some maybe a bit more wholesome than Red Dwarf. I say that as somebody who's a very big fan of the early seasons of Red Dwarf. Um, I'm British. It's sort of obliged, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I guess I wasn't expecting that book, that this story to happen. But uh, it makes complete sense as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, what about you? Is there anything that uh, on the reread you were like, "Oh, that's this book"? Okay, or <laughs> um, that you had forgotten by oh, some God. miracle? <laughs> yeah, I forgot how fucking mean Jake was in this book for sure. Mm, yeah. Um, I. I don't think anything else really surprised me. Like, I remembered all of the beats of this story um, with the, like, going into it, I knew exactly what was going to happen. Um, yeah. So I I really did enjoy how much Cassie-Rachel interaction we got, because I don't think I remembered that being here. But, like, there's a lot of really good Cassie-Rachel friendship here happening. Um. That I that I didn't remember. You know what's just occurred to me that I really appreciate, um, mm-hmm. given the kind of the way the two girls are characterized, the fact that that Cassie is never a pushover, mm-hmm. or at least I, I, I'm now worried that, that happens later. Um, <laughs> some version of it is going to happen later, but in this moment, we have they're both such. I appreciate showing that a the heart of a group. The, mm-hmm quote, caretaker can have a strong, boisterous, berserker friend. And Rachel isn't also the type to push her around either. Mm-hmm. But I think I think it'd be very easy to go into the, the confident one and the quiet one. And I really appreciate yeah. how it doesn't do that. Yeah. Cassie keeps up with Rachel. Yes. Yeah. Cassie keeps up with everybody in that group. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love Cassie when we're not listening to her inner voice. (laughs) (laughs) And there it is. It's really easy to love Cassie when you aren't her, her, as it were. Which just goes, I suppose, goes to the point just like what? It's very easy to see why her friends love her. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, which is good. 
Mm-hmm. Which also just makes the books from her perspective that little bit more frustrating. Yeah. So. Yeah. She has moments where it's like she's amazing. And I wish mm-hmm. we had those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead of. Eric I lost his to. soul. <laughs> uh, are there any parts that didn't make sense to you in this book or you didn't understand? Nah. <laughs> this <the> same. <laughs> Definitely a couple of what the fuck moments, but in the sense of, is this what's happening? Okay. <laughs> it all, it's, Animorphs is one of those things, like, for me, it all follows from the fiction. Yes, like, agreed. It's batshit in places, but, but it it's follows. Its, own <laughs> it's uh, for the most part, apart for some really irritating points, like it's internally consistent, at least. Good. Good shit. You're just good shit. All right. All right. So, disregarding when we are recording them, is the next episode on the feed Andalite Chronicles? No. The next episode on the feed will be The Change. I got them mixed up because in the newer uh, doc with all the PDFs I sent you, they're totally legitimate listeners. Uh, definitely Absolutely. didn't get them from Reddit or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the Andalite Chronicles come before Book 13, The Change. But mm-hmm. in other sources, when you look at reading or reading order, it comes after Book 13, The Change. I think it fits better after Book 13 because then we get another book from Tobias's point of view. Um, mm-hmm. Which I think is necessary for some of the things that happen in the Andalite Chronicles. Uh-huh. See, our dear listeners, so as I said, next episode is going to be book 13. Let me tell you about the hushed, reverent tones <laughs> in which the number 13 is discussed in the Animal Challenge. She's like, book 13 is coming. Just wait until we get to book 13. And I'm like, oh, the fuck is book 13? <laughs> and then I saw, and as Danielle just went, she just like, Oh, it's Tobias on the cover. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So, um, I have no idea uh, what I am in store for. I expect it's going to hurt me, but fully expect the opening of the next episode to just be me swearing at Danielle. <laughs> it's, I don't know what you're talking about. It's all, it's all great and just happiness and joy. <laughs> I hope, like, there is no visual component to this podcast, but I'm sure you could all picture Danielle's face in that moment. <laughs> and I would like you all to picture my sheer non plus look of disbelief as I stare at them. Just like, uh-huh. Yep. It's fine. Dear listeners, it was not fine. <sighs> I'm very much looking forward to reading it. It'll be great. to read it. Uh, tomorrow or the day after yeah because yeah. of how recording has gone yep so, uh, uh and we'll have a special guest jen will be here yes yes i'm trying uh. to decide whether to message 
Danielle, as I read, or just to keep all my thoughts until we record, I just explode <laughs> all over Danielle and Jan. <laughs> Join us next time to uh... Join us next time to figure out which one Jade chose. <laughs> yeah, for the carnage. <laughs> Emotional carnage. Yep. Uh, my co-host has been Jade. You can find them on the internet at Jade Oxford Rose. You can find their home podcast, Follow the Leader, at FTLcast. Uh, you can also listen to them on the podcast we both do together, Dumb Kids Playing Hero, at DKPHPod on Twitter. And my co-host has been the awesome Danielle. You can find them on Twitter at RedtailTalk90 and buy their games at RedtailTalk90.itch.io or just pick up Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish, which is a hack of Blades in the Dark set in the Animorphs universe that no money is earned from because... <laughs> I am afraid of Scholastic. We are, yeah. We, we owe fear. Um, <laughs> and you can uh, listen to them on their home podcast, The Room Where It Happened. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at RoomWarePod. Uh, you should check it out. And I think this episode's going to go, yeah, go check out season two of Dumb Kids Playing Hero that's just hitting the feeds now. Yeah. Yeah. You, you ain't ready. We You're were. not ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Should we clap? Yeah, let's go clap. Uh, 55? 55.